how you build little fortresses with your hands, but uh, you can't know do what that. I do. I don't exactly. You can make do. the fortress this way with your hands. Nope. And okay. I have no space. All right. Wait, how do, how do you make, do you do the one where it's like, this is a church the staple, staple with the staple. people inside? It's the staple. <laughs> this Go is inside. the staple. And see all the people. That's, how, the that's doors, the only the way people. staple made sense there, if you pronounced Did staple. I say staple or steeple? You said staple. Staple. It's well, fine. there could be religious people at staples. You don't know that. Hmm. Hmm. They might be a religious company. Eh, I think that would have came out by now. Maybe. Like, uh, <laughs> I got chick. I got Chick Fil A and Cane Raising Cane's mixed up. Ooh, don't do that because yeah. one's good and one is disgusting. Ooh. And owned which by one is a which? Christian. Yeah, they're both pretty much the same thing. <laughs> and owned no, by a no, 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 Christian. Ra- Raising Cane's is better. Way better. Yeah, by way a country better. fucking mile. Okay. Ashley disagrees. I, I don't. Think care about it i th- i do not agree with how good raising canes is i am anti the raising canes train. <laughs> i like raising canes yeah. right, it's good to, it does it does give me the uh you know. it messes up your tum <laughs> oh, you the, yeah. the, 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 the dirty the, the, the dirty tooth hey fried chicken you know we all like it we all pay the price mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, does it affect everybody though uh, it affects so. me Right I, here. I'm more of a vegetable. Take a vote at the table. Who gets fucked up in the tummy from fried chicken? You? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think yeah. I do. Yep. Mm, I don't think so. All right. Two to two. All right. <laughs> two to two. I'm more broccoli and oh, yeah. those type Cabbage of things. Cabbage fucks yes. me up. Mm. Like that delicious sauerkraut you had? Yes. I'll be oh, probably the steak. You up tonight. The I'll steak be tuning that, that up. Mm. I think that if... Usually, if it's fermented, it's not as effective. It doesn't have that if it's same what? effect. If it's, <laughs> it's fermented. Not. If it's what? Am I wrong? Fermented. Fermented. <laughs> She's putting the accent in the beginning. I'm from Texas. Yes, you are. Okay, so uh, it, I think that affects your stomach differently, though. Hmm. I think. That makes sense. Okay. I mean, there's more th- acids happening. I would think in that it would process. be worse if it was fermented. No, like it's broken down. The digestion has already started. I don't know. Go look it up. <laughs> is it is it weird if like the way you were saying fermented sounds like a shitty like sci fi horror movie about cats that kill people or mm. something? Oh fermented. My God. <laughs> That's perfect. Demented. P U R R. Or may- maybe it's like furries that go on a killing rampage or something. Fermented. Mm. <laughs> fermented. There mm. you Let's go. Let's just keep spiraling this off into nothing. Fermented is the cutest thing. Let's do it. All right. With it. Let's do it. Everyone. Well, they're going to make a Let's movie, and then we're not going to get any cash for it. I know. We're just fucked. going to steal the idea. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Bumblebutt Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that uploads weekly. Who knows what it'll be about? Certainly not me. My name is Adam. Sitting right across from me this week is the man that's always here, Cody. Hell yeah. Hey, kid. What's up? How's your week? Ooh, it was a hot one out. It was? And what? Yeah. <laughs> Have you not been outside all week? Is Listen, this your first time outside? I, I get my walks in in the morning. Okay. That's when I get my steps in these days. <laughs> do you, wait, do you you walk around the neighborhood or what? Yeah, certainly. Oh, certainly. yeah. Okay. Certainly. Nice brisk walk in the morning, huh? No. I, it's leisurely. I wouldn't say brisk. Just <laughs> a quick one. Wait, wait how, how fast do you have to walk? Before it's like a, a nice walk and a brisk walk. Uh, what's a mile what's a mile per hour on that? Six. <laughs> six. I don't think six you is can brisk. Walk. I don't think I can walk that fast. You can. Set a treadmill to six, you can walk that fast. Okay. For sure. I think I will try it. I have a different tr- way to measure. Can you wear flip flops on your walk? And if you can't, 
Then you're. What if I do a barefoot? <laughs> well, then you're uh, you're Joe Rogan. Congratulations. I mean, he does. <laughs> well, he angle? wears those barefoot uh, those sock shoes, the barefoot mm. sock oh. shoes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh. Well, Joe, you're very progressive. Oh yeah, that was like seven <laughs> years ago. That was those were going on, <laughs> and then they came out and said. Just kidding. They don't do anything. Yeah, they, they don't do help you at all. Wait till, wait till Joe sees an Amish person running across a gravel road. Those They've got so are. many calluses and oh. whatever on their feet. They can run maximum speed on oh, a gravel yikes. road. I bet. Wait, what do Amish wear on their feet? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Those fucking rock <gasps> foot. Sometimes. I mean, I'm sure they have dress shoes or something they can wear occasionally. But No socks, though, probably. Huh? No. You I, smelly, the, smelly, smelly dude, bastards. You'll see the kids and stuff just running across the gravel roads, no shoes or That's nothing. That's so sharp. Mm. But, hey. You get, you get them tough feet, man. Hell, yeah. You're when good you're to go. tilling the field, mm. you don't wear shoes. Well, dirt's soft. Dirt's soft. But you yeah. got what about rocks in the dirt? All the stuff. You better go that. collect all those rocks Stop. before you start tilling that you can't dirt. Collect all the rocks. Their motto is: Do horses wear shoes? No. Then no. humans don't they need do. to wear shoes. Right? They do. <laughs> they do. Actual horseshoes is the thing. But they're not the really shoes. They're just like I guess a you fun could, party game. You, <laughs> plus evolution or whatever created you could, some sort of hoof. Okay, yeah. it will tack on little steel plates for the bottom of your <laughs> feet, and you'll be. You'll be fine. We'll call those shoes. How's that sound? <laughs> That's, yeah. Just like we do with the horses. Yeah. Uh, also sitting across from me from the Creep It Real podcast is Bianca. Hello. Hello. How are you? Fine. How are you? How was your week? Uh, it was good. It you're, was fine. You're joining us for the second week in a row because Jordan is out with Oliver. Mm, he's out boating. A boating with Oliver today. It <laughs> is the 4th of July in case you hear fireworks. There's a little mm. drinking game. Every time you hear a firework, <laughs> take a sip. I don't think there'll be too many sips taken. Well, we'll give it a shot anyway. It's bright as hell till 10 p.m. here. Yeah, we'll give it. We'll give her. We'll give her the old college try anyway. All yeah. right, Bianca, you said your week was good. Mm, mm-hmm. You survived the heat. Yeah, I mean it wasn't that hot. Good. It's it air conditioning. Well, that's uh, true. Banking. Yeah. yeah. This is Minnesota hot. Yeah. Also Whoa. sitting across from me is the hipster of heat, <laughs> <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are you this week? Great. I've been just like, this is a slightly warm day every day. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. You could cut yourself on all that edge. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> all I know is we got a tough boy in the I, house. That's right. I'm the toughest boy. Yeah, sir. <laughs> Imagine if she battled Nico. Oh, my gosh. Fuck the clash of the oh, century. You got fire and elements, ice battling. <laughs> Pat Benatar sung about that once. Oh, uh, fire Nico? and ice. <laughs> the original tough boy. He would wear shorts all winter long. Oh, God. Mm. It'd be, dude, it'd be like fucking 10 degrees. He's got shorts. He works outside all day. Yeah. Not a fuck given. He's just... Not a care in the world. Yeah, so we started making up like backstories for him. <laughs> like his mom gave birth in an ice bath, mm-hmm. and that's why he's so tough against the cold. Oh, I'm excited to hear Ashley's backstory. <laughs> oh, shit. We're going to have to come she, up with I mean, she was born in a volcano. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Baptized by fire. Oh. Uh, all right. Good job, Ashley. Everybody's here. My name's Adam. Everything's been good. I already said that, though. <laughs> Cody, this is part two of the Lindley Street poltergeist Hell yeah. encounter. Yeah, we're going to get a little wild and wacky. We're going to get a little, episode, a little yeah. wee woo, wee woo. Uh, no, no, no sadness really this week. It's just strictly paranormal. Hell and yeah. 
our favorite uh, two dummies, the uh, Warrens. Our babies. So. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Ed and what is the other one? Lorraine. 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 You Lorraine. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll pick up right where we left off. Uh, I'd prefer if you would. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, uh, we're going to start off with the conversation between Mary Pascarella and Ed Warren. Ed said, A poltergeist cast? Mary replied, <laughs> Definitely. Well, we are in the middle of a case. It would have to be a real thing for us to come take a look. Oh, this is the real thing. <laughs> there are dozens of police, firemen, and bystanders here that can verify the things that have been happening. Give me the address. I'll be there. <laughs> I like how he's like, I'm so important. I'm not coming oh, there. Yeah. Unless it's real. Just like old Minnesota hot over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except for he wants money. He doesn't want money. <laughs> <laughs> Now, after receiving the call from Mary, Ed almost immediately headed over to the Goodens' home, and apparently, he didn't have much trouble finding the place because crowds of people had begun to gather outside of the house. So this shit is popping off. Mm. People are coming in there. Mm. He was obviously not that busy. No, Rob, he's like, <laughs> we got a possessed kid over here, but I don't think he's going to make me any money. Hold on, I'll try this one. Yeah, on to the next <laughs> Now, Lorraine decided to wait until she could bring Father Charbonneau. Nope. Charbonneau. Charbonneau. Okay, they that said it there. Right. It's a French name. I'm not good with French names. I'll believe him in that. Or, we're, we're or gonna, any other We're going to call him... We're going to call him Father Bill because that's what they refer to him as. All apparently, right. they couldn't pronounce his last name either. <laughs> now... He was apparently the priest that they always took with them in their paranormal investigations. I don't know if he's hmm. like, they control him, they can use his magic to see how they see fit, I don't know. Well, maybe he's like a super good actor, so he can <laughs> he gets be. right in with their little scam, you know? He went through the whole, like, seminary program just to get involved with this cash flow, <laughs> so... This is a good... long con here. This is a fucking good uh, assignment. <laughs> it's good work if you can get it. Now, tagging along with Lorraine and Father Bill was a young seminary student named Paul Eno. Now, after Ed Warren arrived at the home, he explained to Jerry exactly what he and his wife did, seeing as Jerry was feeling very overwhelmed and exacerbated with all the shit going on. Anybody who had the littlest bit of paranormal experience, Jerry said, come right in. We need help. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Around noon that day, Ed and Lorraine Warren, Paul Eno, and Father Bill all began their investigation. Now, naturally, with the poltergeist, all their attention was focused on Marcia. Our young girl. Right. Yes. The Probably the root cause of it here. Yeah. So I'm going to give Ed a little credit here. He told Paul Eno to follow Marcia around and explain to Paul, It is common in hoax cases for the child to be the perpetrator. It is also frequently a contributor in legitimate paranormal cases. Children are great imitators and they quickly learn that once the chaos quiets <laughs> down, people leave. One way to get them to stay is to help things along. So, I mean, if we take this quote to be real, he is keep remaining... Skeptical, I guess, right? Yeah. I mean, are we going to give him a little credit? No. No? Okay. Actually, he's mad over there. <laughs> Just based on what he said, yes, but... 
<laughs> no, because he's still a shithead. Hmm. He is. And it's kind of like he's really just saying this this thing or this thing. It could be, yeah. either, it could be either one of them. <laughs> either option. It could be true or it could be false I, I guess, is essentially what he said. All right. I, I guess he is covering his base. He's a too. fence sitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good job, boys. <laughs> Now, with the Warrens beginning their investigation, it seems the poltergeist activity started to act up again. A Lieutenant Coco and Officer Barney... (laughs) That's his last name, I swear to God. I love it. Uh, And Officer Barney... I don't even know what this man... Man Jamel. Okay, that's it. Sounds like a type of Italian I'm dish. hungry, that's for sure. No, I'm not. That's no. a huge oh, God. lie. Now, these two officers were just chilling in the hallway when they started to hear a rattle coming from the master bedroom. Naturally curious, they headed in to check it out. Fairly quickly, they took notice of that large crucifix that was on the wall. Mm-hmm. The crucifix then pulled itself off of the wall... And just slowly levitated down onto the Gooden's bed. Mm-hmm. Very spooky. Was anybody was in the bed at the time? The, no, 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 no. Okay. It's like it just like I don't. Why did I'm wondering why does he slam it sometimes, and why does he like gently set it down other times? Maybe he's a little trickster. I guess he's a little Paimon motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> now, shortly after that event, everyone was talking in the living room, and Marcia was just sitting on the middle recliner of three recliners. Now, according to everyone whom was watching, the recliner chair that Marcia was sitting on began to rise towards the ceiling, rotated 360 degrees, causing Marcia to fall to the floor and smash her head. Like a barrel roll? Like it it went up, spun, kicked her out, continued spinning. So I don't know. What do you make of that? A lot of witnesses, apparently. You think she's full of shit, and Bianca looks confused. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think everybody's full of shit, to be honest with you. I'm surprised not. I'm surprised not one of you made the joke about the Xbox 360, where you walk 360. Or no, I went up to my Xbox 360, walked 360 degrees, and walked away. You don't remember that meme? No. Uh No. (laughs) That was a famous meme on the internet. Famous meme. Anyway, (laughs) I'm sorry we don't remember. I'm sorry, that's fine. You know, my people out there will remember. (laughs) Remember, my people, remember this one. I'm on the PC bling. Yeah, I love that guy. Nope, all right, (laughs) all right. Then the chair just dropped out of the middle of the air and smashed into an end table. Ed Warren had called Superintendent Joseph Walsh to explain what was going on in the house, but Walsh. Didn't seem too happy his officers were still just chilling in the home. Mm, mm. Walsh told Ed, Come on, please tell the guys down there to clear it up and get the hell out of there. <laughs> Walsh doesn't buy any of this horse. No, shit and at he's all. paying their fees like how do I how do I justify this to the taxpayers? We got dead people. We need you out of that fucking house. You're just hanging out watching chairs spin around. <laughs> But as we will learn, the police are going to be hanging out here for quite a while. Mm-hmm. After, the, after the recliner incident, the officers were trying to figure out how exactly that shit just happened. But according to them, they couldn't find a rational, rational explanation for how it rota- or flo- floated up, spun around, and all of that. Yeah, it's going to be tough to find one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, maybe they're looking for like a crane arm or something. I don't <laughs> see a crane. Fishing, fishing wire. Yeah, <laughs> this would be like sixty, uh, sixty pound test line. No shit, some spider wire. 
Then the infamous banging and pounding on the walls began to start up again, followed by the kitchen table and chairs flipping over. The light bulb lamp in the living room suddenly just shattered. Mm -hmm. According to Ed Warren, he he witnessed the knives that were laying on the kitchen floor just spinning. Oh. Just spinning around there. Get out of here. Even the Goodens' standalone ashtray attached to the wall located within the living room just randomly shattered. And the interesting thing was it shattered from the middle of the ashtray out. Mm. A little weird. Wow. I feel like I've I feel like I've heard that in paranormal stuff yeah, before. Yeah. I feel like I've heard that before or something like that before. Like stuff always like exploding from points it's not supposed to, mm-hmm. or right. you wouldn't think it would be. Now, the ashtray incident apparently was the tipping point and it filled Jerry with rage. He headed into the kitchen, and he grabbed his old coffee jar filled completely with holy water. Oh, what is that holy water? I'm assuming it's one of those little tins. Yeah, like like a Folgers jug. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Filled with holy water. He he was fucking prepared. He dipped his dick in that water, and (laughs) then it made it holy. See, that's how Woody said he dipped it in there and just splashing it around. (laughs) (laughs) My holy dousing rod. (laughs) I wish that we Everyone could see the see little hand motion that you're doing right now. But he didn't reach his penis in there, but he reached his hand. <laughs> he reached his hand in there, and then he just was globbing it and splashing holy water all over the room. The nuclear option, I guess, <laughs> of holy water. Look, he thought this was the only solution to stop all this paranormal shit from happening. I don't know where you buy a surplus of holy water, but I need some. Well, actually, maybe in one of one of these books that I got. You can oh. buy one. Yeah, maybe. Oh, uh, we need a bucket of holy I hope water. We do. Everyone should have a bucket. <laughs> and definitely some put beep it into a f- dongs. <laughs> tin you know what can. I'm talking about? Yeah. Beep dongs. Okay. Yeah. But, <laughs> but right after he finished his blessing. Three deliberate knocks pounded on the back door. If you remember that happened in part one. Oh, yeah. Jerry quickly rushed to see who it was, but to his bewilderment, nobody was there. A second later, the wind chimes in the house began to chime. Who has wind chimes Which, in inside? their house? Apparently they That's asking do. for trouble. Yeah, I mean, psychotic. is that asking yeah. for trouble? You're like, <laughs> the, you want to be like, why are those wind chimes going on? At they shouldn't 3 be. 3 a.m. Inside yeah. not necessary. 70 Two or seventy four right now, so maybe it was a cool thing to do. I don't. Know. Uh, that could be. I feel like my grandma might have had a few wind chimes in her house. But seems like a grandma wrong. thing. For sure. Yeah. Granny, text me and let me know. <laughs> is it a fas- Is it fashion forward? Fa- anyway, <laughs> <laughs> after Labor Day. <laughs> Finally, around two p.m., about two hours after the Warren Posse had arrived, <laughs> the activities. <Pussy. laughs> <laughs> the, the, the activity finally calmed down again, and by 4 p.m., the news crews had began to station themselves outside of the Goodens' home, along with a crowd of roughly 2,000 people Jeez. at this point. Shit. You Sounds re- like a druid concert. <laughs> he wished us. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the picture I posted on Instagram, the house is tiny. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine 2,000 people just fucking chilling out there? That's no. smaller than, like, a double-wide trailer, I think. <laughs> yeah. That's so small. Because there was such a large crowd gathered, the police had to be stationed outside the house to stop people from attempting to either vandalize or enter the property. Mm -hmm. Now, not long after the news and such arrived, the Warrens and their two priests, I guess one's technically not a priest, uh, had left the property claiming they needed to return home. 
and discuss what they had just witnessed. Whoa. Now, Back to HQ. <laughs> Got to map out a plan, I, I guess. Get it. I don't know. Yeah. Now, with the crowds that had gathered outside, some of the people watching the home would later claim they could see furniture and objects moving throughout the house through the windows. Take that from, or take, I don't know how to say that. Take, take that for what for, it is. Yes, whatever. <laughs> take that from a grain of salt. <laughs> Put that grain of salt on your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> Another event that was witnessed by many, many members of the crowd involved Two cement swans that the, <laughs> that the Goodens had on their porch. That sounds so ugly. My, I think my grandma had a couple of these bad boys, if I'm being real with you I don't mean right to besmirch well, your grandmother. Creep it real. <laughs> Apparently, at the same time, both of the heavy-ass cement swans turned and faced each other. Then the crowd and police nearby all heard a deep, guttural voice Yell out from the swans. So what did it say? Is, just like a oh, like, oh. like a demon growl yell, I guess. So oh. so it is like a druid concert. <laughs> <laughs> can his can the lead singer of druid do that little pig growl? Thingy? Oh, definitely. You think he can? Oh yeah. All right. Well, there were plenty of people uh, just naturally curious about the home. Naturally, there were a couple of assholes. Mm. Firstly, some people began throwing garlic at their house. Mm, there's no I, vampires they, in the world. They were just throwing fucking garlic at them. I don't know what they thought was going on in there. Don't have to buy garlic for a while. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, full bulbs. I think they might be Italian, so it might be okay here. <laughs> uh, secondly, a small group of college-age people decided to pull up a wagon and get it as close to the house as they could. Sitting on the wagon was a child-sized coffin. And oh, that's I'm, I'm going to assume they didn't realize that the Goodens had to bury their <laughs> son in one of those exact coffins oh. not that many years prior. Oh, wow. No, there's no way they knew. Because <sighs> that, that'd be quite insensitive, wow. I would say. Yeah. That's a, that Why would did be they attacked. do this to begin with? Why did they bring to a coffin? To be spooky? I don't know. Maybe they think it's a ghost baby or a kid ghost in there. I don't know. No, I think they were purposefully yeah. doing, being assholes. College kids tend to be dicks sometimes. It could be oh. some hateful shit, yeah. Now, around 5 p.m., the activity in the home seemed to pick up again, mm. similar to what had had been happening already, pounding on the walls, objects moving by themselves, and the three knocks at the back door. At this point, some of the firemen and officers began to tell Jerry, let's not say any any more about what's been going on with the house because we don't want to attract even more attention. Yeah, there's already 2,000 people here. Yeah, yeah. kind of, let's keep it on the DL here. Mm -hmm. The following morning, around 8 a.m., Ed and Lorraine Warren and their posse returned again. At this point, much larger news outlets were outside of the home, including United Press International and... Reuters. 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 <laughs> I learned this lesson the hard way. I get a word stuck in my head and I can't <laughs> say it. Because uh, when I was recording with Phil yesterday, I was trying to say, uh, I can't even think of it now. Fruit fly? It's like Lesotho or something like that. It's a country in Africa. It's L-E-S-O-T-H-O. It's wow. like Lesotho, Latutu, or something like that, and I kept mixing it up in my head. But, hmm. uh, but yeah, that's how Cody reads. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> next time on that. 
The Goodens finally decided to give some of the press access to their home, and wouldn't you know it, certain news outlets decided to put their own little twist on the story. I don't believe it. <laughs> no way. <laughs> One of the papers took notice of a particular book on the bookshelf, which was a Russian Orthodox prayer book written in both English and Old Church Slavic. Almost immediately, they published a story that Marcia was into the uh, into the <laughs> occult. They referred to her as a spiritual bag. It was, <laughs> I swear to God, and and was portrayed as a weird girl carrying around these bizarre books. Oh it, it's Russian Orthodox. <laughs> it had like a w- unique symbol on it, and they thought oh. it was a demonic book or oh. something. It's Catholic light. It's Catholic <laughs> without the Pope. That's all Russian Orthodox is. What it, what that book actually was was when Marcia still lived in Canada, an Orthodox priest who had previously became a monk had given her that exact book as like a parting gift or something. Sure. So they just thought this was like some demonic shit book or I don't know. Yeah, uh-huh. it's Typical no, it's news, all about right? it's all about God and stuff. It's really nice, <laughs> good stuff. Now, as briefly mentioned in part one, there was also some paranormal events in, involving the Gooden's cat. Named Sam. Right. I don't know the gender of the cat, and Sam makes it really difficult to decide if it's a boy or girl. <laughs> right. But I think it's a boy cat. Huh. About a month prior to the events the Goodens are experiencing right now, Jerry had taken Sam to the vet to have an operation. Jerry claimed that after Sam returned home, Sam began to act a little funny. Hmm. Funny as in... Sam allegedly began speaking. Mm, That's funny. (laughs) Jerry had mentioned that he thought he could hear Sam talking in the basement when nobody else was around. I hate Mondays. (laughs) I love lasagna. I want a talking cat. That's all I know. So he heard talking in the basement and he was like, that's my... Gotta be yeah, the cat. That's the that's cat. Sam. That's what that's it is. Sam the cat. That's that fucking surgery. <laughs> <laughs> I think they installed like a voice box. In <laughs> the things that people will do to convince themselves it's not <laughs> paranormal. Now, he claimed that Sam spoke in three distinct voices. Sam sang and Sam talked like a sailor, <laughs> which included <laughs> Sam saying, Let me out, you dirty Frenchman, you dirty Greek. Oh, Apparently the cat I, wait, was both? yelling this at Jerry. <laughs> I thought it was just going to be like, fuck shit. <laughs> well, this is old timey swear words right um, here. That's, they cuss. Yeah. They cuss. Actually, the officers believed that they had heard the ca- uh, cat talking as well while in the basement. Now, why this is important is according to Father Bill, he claimed he heard the cat say in a creepy, creepy voice, Jingle bells. <laughs> he said the cat said jingle bells to him in a creepy demonic voice. Oh, I hate that. Why is it always demonic, though? Why does it always have to be demonic? Well, they have the creepiest voices. Can't we just they be have a the monster? Voice. Can't we just be a monster? Can't it just be a monster? Yeah. Hey, guys. <laughs> what if the cat I'm like, a monster. What if the cat had a voice like fucking like Pee Wee Herman or uh, <laughs> like a, vo- a weird voice like that? I'm it wouldn't to, be so threatening. It wouldn't be that threatening. Gilbert sure. Godfrey was yelling out of your eyes. <laughs> I don't know. Yikes. Yikes. I guess I just, uh, sorry, I just take umbrage with the always, it always being demonic demonic yeah okay. sorry maybe it's angelic 
Now, it was not uncommon for Marcia to hold that cat and pretend Sam was speaking, even though you could clearly tell it was just her doing it. Yeah, everybody does that. Because everybody does that. Exactly. (laughs) While Father Bill was speaking to Marcia in the basement during their second day of investigating, one of the reasons she talked through the cat was because she saw the cat as her literal only friend yikes so yeah very sad poor little girl but the interesting thing was all the witnesses who claimed they hear sam talking was when marcia was nowhere to be found around them so take take from that what you will Uh, it's fucked up yeah so i don't know maybe cat's talking i know my cat kind of talks but it's more of a meow and she never oh yeah you mean it's a meowing not like a it's talking. It's like a whine. You know, you know what she wants, though. You mean she's not saying jingle bells? She called me <laughs> jingle a bells. dirty Norwegian bastard. Yeah. Oh, that's right. oh. Yeah. That's you right. dirty fucking Norwegian. Well, that's taking it up a notch. That's what the cat said. <laughs> now, apparently, at the exact moment that Marcia had told Father Bill her feelings toward Sam the cat, all of the lights went out in the basement for no apparent reason. So Marcia... Opened the freezer to shine some light while she turned on, uh, she turned back on the light switch for the basement. Now, after she turned those lights back on, she went down to a little altar Father Bill had set up in the basement. I don't like where this is going. I assume it's something for blessings, or I don't know. Okay. I know what you're thinking. I know they call priest, it blessings, maybe. Priest and a young child in the basement uh, alone. In an altar. Yeah, yeah we yeah, should. It's not good. It's uh-huh. making him sweat over there. I can see it. That's the, yes. Now, That's a- why. after Marcia moved away from the altar, a thin metal rod all of a sudden shot out from underneath the tablecloth. According to Father Bill, he searched underneath the table to see if Marcia had triggered some sort of a device or something of that nature, but... He couldn't locate any reason. In fact, there were about six of these metal rods on a little shelf underneath his little altar things. And he tried to recreate the rod shooting out. But he claimed all that would happen was it would move out, roll on the floor. So I don't know. How did he try and recreate it? Maybe throwing it out himself? I don't know. (laughs) What a weirdo. (laughs) They said this little rod just shot out. Like going well, to the, how was he gonna recreate? Yeah. yeah, like I don't know. <laughs> just pointing at his temple. <laughs> like, he, he put it. He put the rod in a shotgun and pulled the trigger. <laughs> okay, that so. didn't work. Now Lorraine Warren was not having a good time Uh-oh. on this particular day. Lorraine, who is a self-proclaimed medium, oh, claimed that when <laughs> she entered Marcia's room. She began to feel uneasy and very oh, nauseous. <laughs> a little while later, while they were sitting in the kitchen, Paul Eno noticed that second-degree burns began to form on Lorraine's left hand. What? Lorraine exclaimed she had felt a light touch from something. After Ed Warren took notice, he wanted to get Lorraine out of the house mm. before something even worse happened to Lorraine. Ed said... I'm worried about spontaneous combustion. Oh, you should be because it happened so much. Yeah. It's because you're a clairvoyant. <laughs> How many psychics are blowing up for no reason? All the time. Uh, all the time. Constantly. 
What is she, the fucking Atomic Man from the first season of Heroes? Like, come on. Wow. Here? Deep pull. <laughs> <laughs> Three people out there know what you're talking about. You know Deep what I'm talking about. I know right? what you're talking about. It's just a long lead up, too. Hey. Like, who are you? I was, trying this? To, I was trying to think of who else has exploded <laughs> that I could think of, and I he's the only one. It would be a pretty good parlor trick. Mm. <laughs> but Lorraine assured Ed she was going to be just fine. A few of the other big events that transpired during the rest of the war. Sound, it sounds like she was suffering from a severe lack of attention. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that known to cause second degree burns? Oh, yeah, for Definitely. sure. 100%. Okay. All right. When no one's looking, it does. Yeah. <laughs> when you hold your hand on the stove, it yeah. does. Yeah. <laughs> ah, funny you mentioned that. We'll get to her in a minute. Okay. <laughs> A few of the other big events that transpired during the rest of the Warrens' visit included Paul Eno claiming to smell sulfur coming from Marcia's Uh room and the kitchen TV falling off by itself, hitting Paul in the leg and leaving a nasty gash. Right. I remember that one. Yeah. No, it fell a second time. This is a new one. That TV has... Same TV. First one broke Laura's feet or toes. Oh, my goodness. Now it cut his fucking leg. That's a serial TV. It is. (laughs) Next thing you know, it's going to be jerking off Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say you need to throw it out, but maybe if it's going to get to that level, they want to keep it around. Bring it back to the altar. Oh, yeah. But... By the end of Sunday, November 25th, the local news had aired a news segment dedicated to the Gooden story, which, after airing the story to a much broader audience, caused even more trouble. It brought a larger crowd that gathered outside of the home, which caused the police to try to maintain peace and keep the crowd under control. The following day, Jerry had to return to his job, and because most of his co-workers had probably watched the news... Jerry became the butt end of jokes and ridicule. Yep. His co-workers would ask him, how are the ghosts doing? Mm. Had the cat read any good books lately? <laughs> and why would he want the entire city's attention focused on his family? But Jerry always stood his ground claiming that everything that was said on the TV was real. He would never, ever, ever flip on that. To his dying day. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, when the Warrens returned home... From all of the action that had happened on Sunday, Lorraine and Paul Eno claimed that the evil presence had followed them home, <laughs> and the only way they were able <laughs> to get the only way they were able to get rid of it mm-hmm. was through the power of prayer. Oh, oh. sounds a lot like Zach Baggins. Mm-hmm. And more TV cams. They conjured a little like spell. A lot like him. <laughs> Baggins territory. Can you imagine if he was around? Oh when, my god! I mean, god. I, he probably was like two years old, but. And he'd make it. I, I bet. Wonder if he tried to buy this house. Oh, oh. probably will. Yeah. Also, Ed Warren and Father Bill almost immediately tried to get an exorcism going. Presumably, whether they actually believe it or not, they figured that Marcia had to be possessed. Ed it's the w- only option. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's always extreme with this guy. God. Ed would talk to Linda Gooden over the phone and proclaim that he believed that their home was infested by a demonic force, which seems to be his normal excuse for most of his paranormal (laughs) cases. Yes. Interestingly, only Paul Eno had returned to the home the following morning. Actually, the funny part was Ed Warren had purchased some candy for Marcia as a nice gesture. But the crowd 
began to spread rumors that Ed Warren had actually drugged the candy. Oh. And the oh family gosh. was just hallucinating the entire event. Oh. Well, good. At least they're skeptical of Ed <laughs> yeah, Warren. Yeah, no I mean, hey, maybe he did. <laughs> they aren't big fans of him. Fuck that huckster. I could just see them, like, chanting and yelling at him. But... Now, Monday seemed to be a lot more of the same type of acti- activity, but one interesting thing was that Jerry Gooden seemed to have his own very unique experience. Now, it all started when Paul Eno, Marcia, and Laura Gooden were simply just playing a game of Monopoly on the living room floor. Then all of a sudden, the fluorescent lights began to flicker, which according to Jerry was normal if the home was particularly cold. Which in paranormal in the paranormal right, world, right. temperature changing certainly a thing. Cold spots. Now, according to the witnesses, the smell of sulfuric acid or ozone began to coat the room. Then it seems that whatever the presence was began to manifest itself. At first, it was a large, smoky, yellowish white gauzy mist. Whatever that means. Did you just take a big rip off your vape? I did. I could be. Yeah, I think so. They claim that the figure sounded. Like it was humming. Then the large mist divided into four separate misty figures. Oh my god, it's like a UFO. I feel like this is X-Men's power, but I could be (laughs) wrong. (laughs) All of a sudden, Jerry began a Gregorian chant, then started to perform Mass in Latin, which included the Mass of the Dead, which is for when adults die, and the Mass of the Angels, which is for when a child dies. Whoa. Now, Jerry had been an altar boy, but hadn't said mass in Latin in over 40 years. Either way, after Jerry was finished, he seemed to snap back to normal. So he grabbed his jar of holy water and began sprinkling holy water all throughout the house, (laughs) which apparently caused the four misty figures to begin to follow Jerry around while he was blessing it. Well, that didn't work. No. Well, it's like they were trying to block him or something. I don't know what they were doing. Yeesh. Now, according to Paul Eno, Lori and Jerry, <laughs> can I say this? Now, according to Paul Eno, <laughs> I hate this man so much. Now, according to Paul Eno, Laura and Jerry, the negative energy coming from the entities seemed to be filling the occupants in the house with nothing but anger and rage, Ooh. which Paul Eno thought was in turn was feeding the entities. So Paul demanded that everyone quickly get the fuck out of the house to avoid (laughs) making anything worse. But apparently, even after they had all gotten out of the house, they could still see things moving around in the home through the windows. Now after this, Paulino went to the neighbor's house and contacted the Warrens, asking for backup. Oh, get it down here quick, boys. We need SOS, SOS. Bring the Ecto-1. I need the older lady and the older gentleman, please. Get here a stat. Can you get that fat guy who wears his pants over his belly button over your house, please? <laughs> so, so Ed, Lorraine, and Father Bill all returned, and Father Bill performed a blessing in every single room to try to at least weaken the presence for a little bit. Mm. According to the three of them, while blessing the basement, they all witnessed a shadow figure moving along the walls. Mm. The shadow, according to the Warrens, eventually Mm. began to morph 
What you Sorry, as soon as you say according to the Warrens, I'm like, oh, no credibility, oh, yeah, yeah. bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, they claim it eventually began to morph into an elongated figure, and they claimed they could see two horn nubs on uh, said figure's head. Oh well, Bianca, God. you're absolutely right. <laughs> this is just feeding the trolls, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh. This, to them... It has to be demonic. Yeah, straight away. <laughs> it's, got little nubs, it's got little nubbies. It's got to be demonic. <laughs> nubbies. <laughs> About 30 minutes after the Warrens and Father Bill had done their blessings, two WNAB uh, radio reporters named Tom Quinn and Bob Pantano. It's Bob Quinn and Bob Pantano in the morning on <laughs> WNAB. Two Bobs? Who is it? Tim and and Bob. Tim and Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they arrived because they wanted to witness some of the action for themselves. Now, upon entering, Laura Gooden said, My house is a mess. Just look at my home. We don't know what it is, and we're not cuckoo. <laughs> you don't need to say that. We're not cuckoo, goddamn. You might need to say it. <laughs> you might. Now, the tension within the home was sky high at this point. So Bob Patano looked down at the cat and said, Whoa, hi, cat. I hear you can talk. <laughs> Fairly, they all burst into laughter after this. It settled oh, everybody down. Yeah. You got to have a funny guy. Mm. You got to have one. Yeah, you do. The morning zoo, Bob and Bob Pantano. What if show. he had like a little board and he's like talking to the cat, pushing the little beeper button? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Imagine if he was alive and they had like the little cat mixer board app. Oh, you Bob would be in fucking heaven. Oh, right Bob now. would be in kitty cat heaven. <laughs> now, it had been about two hours since the radio reporters had showed up, and the activity in the home was was weirdly quiet. But finally, around midnight, everyone was sitting in the kitchen talking when all of a sudden there was a loud bang. They soon discovered that the end table in the living room. It flipped over. Mm. So Jerry set the table back up, and they watched it for a few minutes before it moved about a foot completely on its own. Not too long after this happened, both Tim and Bob heard a loud noise that sounded like wood being clapped together, which apparently was the noise of the TV shifting. Again. (laughs) Another event the two radio hosts were able to witness was when the reclining chairs began to rapidly and violently extend out and retract over and over and over without anybody in them. They did that old trick again. They dusted that old chestnut off. <laughs> they got robotic arms in there. Mm-hmm. This is the start of Boston. Uh, what's That makes robot dogs? Bo- uh, Boston something. Boston. Boston legal. Boston. Uh, <laughs> what You know what I'm talking about, right? They yeah. make the robot dogs. Yes, I do. They're like 80 grand. Boston Institutes. Buy. Yes, maybe yeah. that's what it is. Now, being after 1 a.m. at this point, the poltergeist wasn't quite done for the night. Apparently, while in the kitchen, Marcia was pulled backward through the air. She then hit her arm on the fridge while flying through the air and eventually came slamming into the wall, which made enough noise for the others in the house to actually feel the thump. You know what I'm talking Mm, about. mm. Someone falls, you can feel it on the floor and Mm. everything. That's not going to be good. No. They all rushed to Marcia's aid, and Bob Patano claimed that the cat approached him right afterwards, and he swears that cat said, Help. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Sam's just here to have a good time. Jingle bells and help. Baby. 
Bob Patano claimed to begin to feel a cold sensation coming from his back that radiated right through him. Shortly after this, he witnessed coats moving by themselves, including a few of them that just floated in mid-fucking-air. This was the final straw, and Bob ran out of the house to get the police to help. Throughout the rest of the night, it was a few more minor things that occurred, but not much different than what had happened in all the days prior. Sure. But eventually, Ed and Lorraine Warren, Father Bill, Paul Eno, Tim and Bob would finally depart the home. The next day was going to prove to be a lot different than all the days had been prior. The following morning on Tuesday, November 26th, Officer Mike Costello was working guard duty outside, but since it was such a brisk morning and most of the crowd had dispersed, Mm. Costello decided to head inside and try to figure this thing out for himself. (laughs) Officer Mike. I'll be the one to do it. Costello, come through. (laughs) Jerry instantly told Mike Costello, The TV fell over. The shelf over the kitchen table came down. A shadow box with a picture of me, my wife, and my son flew to the floor and the glass broke. I don't know how much more of this we can take. This looks like the work of a spoiled child. I think that line is, that last line is very interesting. I think it was passive aggressive. Yes. Or is he talking about one of his kid? His kid, the daughter. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Is that it was passive aggressive towards us. Gotcha. Gotcha. I was just thinking it doesn't sound that bad. You know, he's like, I don't know much more we can take of this. Do you think like a poltergeist could be like a spoiled spirit, I guess, or like act like that? I don't see why not. Like a giant brat ghost thing. I don't know. I don't know. How would I act as a ghost? You'd be (laughs) kicking and throwing shit everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, they seem seem pretty jerk-like. Yeah, (laughs) trickstery. Yeah. Now, while talking together in the living room, the chair Marcia was sitting in, again, reclined and retracted like it had so many other times. But this time, it was really interesting. Nobody seemed to even bat an eye. That's just old hat now. Yeah, well, Laura... In front of the cops, set told Marcia to knock it off, which is really interesting. Before, mm. because before she was yelling and screaming about it. So, hmm, why would she do that? Well, let me tell you in a minute. Here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Officer Mike Costello tried it for himself because he had obviously heard all of the rumors about these goddamn chairs opening and closing by themselves, and a lot of people claimed it was extremely difficult to pull it off. But when he jumped in the chair. He recreated it with ease. Mm. Now, two other officers had showed up on the scene to help with guard duty, and they were all just chatting in the living room when they noticed something peculiar. While Marcia didn't think anyone was watching, she stealthily stuck her toes out and pushed the TV, which hit Jerry in the leg, and then he got startled. (laughs) But Officer Costello was staring right at her as she did it. Mm. So he did fucking crack the case. I mean, essentially, yeah. He basically, it says he saw her do it and he stared at it and said, gotcha. (laughs) But but yeah, now the Warrens had told the Goodens that anything that had fallen off of the wall or moved, they should just leave it where it had landed for paranormal investigation reasons. But Officer Costello said, let's just put everything back and see if anything happens again while they're obviously watching Marcia. (laughs) Eventually, after looking through the house and waiting for stuff to happen, Marcia eventually confessed to much of the alleged paranormal activity. She had kicked the TV, made it appear as Sam the cat was talking. Oh, my God. (laughs) She confessed about opening the refrigerator door in the middle of the night 
And she told the officers that Lorraine Warren had put her hand under hot water mm-hmm. to make it appear as if her hand was blistering. Mm. Lorraine Warren, you dead. Well, if you've ass. seen her, her skin looks like that of an antique man. And <laughs> an antique man. <laughs> so I imagine it burns very easy. I don't know. I can't believe this trickery. I cannot believe the Warrens lied. I know. Oh, you guys sound so shocked over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, Marcia basically was taking the blame for most of the uh, paranormal activity. Marcia was sobbing and claimed that she did it because I wanted to see if the demon would do anything. <laughs> so, oh. Now, this is what I the point I want to bring up. This is very similar. How how f- uh, familiar are you guys like with overall Enfield haunting? Pretty 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 familiar myself. Now, I saw this as an interesting correlation simply for the fact that. When the girl wants paranormal activity to happen and it won't happen, then the kids will start to try to make it happen Uh to prove Mm -hmm. that they haven't been lying about the whole thing. And it almost, to me, sounds like that's what she's kind of doing. Yeah, Yeah, that's her defense right now, for sure. Because she doesn't want to be called crazy or nuts or she's a liar. A liar, spoiled little brat. But it's kind of biting her in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it did with, uh, I can't remember the Enfield girl's name, but... Mm -hmm. Sarah or something. Anyway, another interesting facet to the revelation to finding out Marcia had been re- had been responsible for some of this was that both Jerry and Laura, Laura weren't relieved from the news, but actually looked a little disappointed. Or as Officer Costello said, it looked like they had just lost out on a million dollars. Because they probably did. Well, I mean, I what would they have gotten? The thing is, is like all these cases we've studied, it never works out for any of them. Yeah, I know. Like they just face ridicule. That's mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah. All I guess they that's get. true. It never gets you anything. No. Either way, this was all the proof the police needed to officially claim this entire series of events was nothing more than just a hoax exacerbated by the Warrens. I got a little problem, though. Yes. You want to hear it? I do. Remember when the recliner. Flipped around in midair, mm-hmm. three sixty degrees, and mm-hmm. dumped her out of it. How did that happen? I think they're just doing. We caught her once. She must have done it all. All of it somehow. Well, you know what? Know. I don't fucking cotton it. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think. I mean, maybe it's not time for us to. Be you can chime in whatever you want. But I mean, I, I just I don't know if everything is a lie. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's kind of like things happened, mm-hmm. like you were saying. Things happened, and then it, you're. You want to tell people, but it's not going to always ha- produce results for everybody that goes into the house. So then you're going to be like, "Well, shit, <laughs> they're about to be, they're about to leave. They've been here for three hours, yeah. and yeah. or you know, they haven't seen anything. Three days, yeah. So I'm going to make something happen. I got to show them something. And then yeah. it kind of it just bites you in the ass because yeah. then you start well, doing that more and more. I, I mean, especially if you're like an 11 year old girl, like. Ooh. You're not really thinking like us adults think. And you got all that cool mm-hmm. attention heaped on mm-hmm. you. Yeah, like we said, she doesn't have any friends. She doesn't have anything. Yep. She loves these people around. Hell yeah. yeah. So now after this, the police department recommended that a psychiatrist maybe come in and see if they could assist Marcia. So Dr. Santiago Escobar. Ooh, oh, whoa, whoa. I love him. Did I say that? Yeah, he sounds sexy. As Did well. I say that? You killed the I hell am out of it. Santiago. <laughs> I like. I like that you have that. Attitude. He has one finger on each side, just pointing to the ceiling, wiggling around when he says the name. I I, I just picture him coming in with like a, a cape, and he's waving, and I was like, "Does this make you sad or depressed?" <laughs> 
Like a bull, like a thoro. Yeah. yeah. Bullfighter. Oh goodness. He, ju- he injects her with uh <laughs> Zoloft. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, Santiago Escobar uh came to their home to examine Marcia and determined that she should in fact seek psychiatric care at Baptist Memorial Mental Health Clinic. Uh-oh. Ooh, oh, that is a mouthful. I'm worried about that one. I, I know. <laughs> and the Goodens would agree to take her later in the day. Now, the police also recommended that the Goodens do not allow anyone in their home any longer, especially the Warrens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they completely agreed to do this. The Warrens and Father Bill saw this news headline later that night. Scared police that saw clothes bureaus crashing to the floor and TV sets shaking about said they believe supernatural forces were responsible. Police said they were called to the home of Mr. and Mrs. Gerald Gooden at about 1245 this morning after things began happening in the house. After a lengthy interrogation of the parents and 10-year-old Marcia, the girl admitted that she had been the one who had done the banging on the walls and the floors. She was the one who knocked the crucifix to the floor threw the pictures on the floor, and calls all the other unusual happenings in the house. A police report said that the little girl further admitted that the cat Sam didn't really talk. <laughs> Liar! <laughs> it was her disguised voice. I can't believe it. Marcia's voice. <laughs> and she demonstrated to the police just how she did it. Police said the parents agreed to take the girl for a psychiatric examination. <laughs> apparently, uh, apparently Ed Warren, like after he saw this, just said, sometimes they just trick you. Like he's claiming, like he was. Oh, he was duped. Yeah, that's what yourself. That's what he was claiming. What a goon! Naturally, after. (laughs) (laughs) Naturally, after this, the reporters interviewed some of the police officers who were sitting outside of the home. Police Superintendent Joseph A. A. Walsh said, "Everything has a rational explanation. This is the work of human powers. (laughs) I don't believe in that supernatural shit. There are no ghosts in Bridgeport." They were victims of the power of suggestion. Even some of my own men were taken in. (laughs) He doesn't have much respect for his people. Mm -hmm. Police Captain Anthony Fabrizi said... Oh, Fabrizi. Fabrizi. (laughs) He smells like a laundry basket. (laughs) This girl is is into a spiritual bag. She reads books on religious cults and gurus. Weirdo. <laughs> These two are also religious. She bags. was practicing yeah. goddamn yoga in there. Yeah. Evil witch woman. Yeah. Yes. Now my wife wants to wear these yoga pants to <laughs> be all bendy and shit. I'm what not a loon. Doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Officer Costello himself said. The whole thing is as phony as a $3 bill. Oh. If there were ghosts, poltergeists, or demons at the Gunded House... They certainly had a lot of help from the occupants of the house. If you look into their statements, what they saw mostly was end results after things happened. In most cases, they didn't really see the things happen. They saw the results of what had happened. Seems like he says the same thing over and over again. He's very political. They Uh, also saw things when their attention was diverted to something else. So didn't see the things happen and saw things after they happened. Oh, okay. He's supposed to be the hero and he's the weird jibber jabber. He's manager speaking. Uh, Let's hear another stinger from Superintendent Joseph A. Walsh. Uh, He said this about Ed Warren. He makes his money chasing ghosts. I would suggest that he stay in his own environs and keep out of Bridgeport. We have no ghosts here. Oh, my gosh. These men are so silly. They're doubling down on (laughs) that. He doesn't like it. Now, 
Superintendent Walsh, he also said that Ed Warren would be arrested on site if he showed up at the house again. <laughs> All right. Wow. I love it. <laughs> it was funny, too, because the uh, they I didn't write it in here, but the Warrens, or I'm sorry, the Goodens also tried to, I think, sue or try to get the money from Ed Warren for making for making so many collect calls from their house. Oh, oh my. my God. Who is he calling? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who he, he was calling. Call, making quick sex phone line <laughs> calls <laughs> while he, his wife was distracted yeah, pretending yeah. to get burnt. Lori, <laughs> can you head in there and get possessed for about 15 minutes? Get please? Possessed. I gotta call the WWF hotline <laughs> see the hot, hot gossip. <laughs> Now, after all the action had settled down, the Goodens would take Marcia to see a Dr. Kerr for psychiatric help. But interestingly, the doctor didn't seem to find anything abnormal with her outside of being distraught about everything that had happened within the home. Now, after the story of this all being an alleged hoax came out, for the most part, the police presence outside of the home uh, dwindled. Even though the Goodens claim the paranormal activity continued within their home, albeit much, much, much tamer than it had mm. been. Mm -hmm. Two days after the story about the hoax came out was Thanksgiving. So Jerry and the family would spend the day at Jerry's brother's house. And when they came home, all of their items were thrown around the house as usual. And but, Marcia was with them the whole time. Right. Yeah. But interestingly, this time they smelled smoke. Jerry at first took a look around, but couldn't seem to find anything, so he requested uh, the help of a police officer who was outside, and when the cop inspected the property, they found someone had built a fire next to their house, doused it in flammable liquid, but they were able to stop it before it had actually caught the fucking house on fire. Jesus. Oh and they managed to track down who did it. And they claimed they needed to burn the house down to rid it of, of evil. Of course oh they did. Someone was trying to cleanse it. Yeah. Shit. Take just the, take, take it into their own hands. There's That's there. where that extremism comes in. Yes. Yeah. There's a fucking family in there. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently Thanksgiving's a good day to burn your house down. Yeah, well. Just kill the whole family because there's a demon in there. Because Ed Warren said Says so. that there was a demon in there. To be fair to Ed and Lorraine... They claimed the poltergeist first. He, they just came in and kind of completely it up blew it out of proportion yeah, and yeah. lied. Yeah, to mm. be fair, <laughs> to be, to <laughs> be, be fair. fair. <laughs> now, over the next few days, the crowds outside general or gradually grew smaller and smaller. Mm. Outside of a few very, very dedicated ghost watchers, mm. Jerry had to endure a lot of harassment from his coworkers. They would say things like, "I see it throw any crosses around the room lately." <laughs> I'd beat my kid to a pulp if they destroyed my home like that. <laughs> How's the ghost doing these days? Well, this is 74, so I guess he's okay with beating his kids. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, how are you going to beat a ghost to a pulp? You can't no, find no, it. No, 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 no. Oh. He's beat saying my he, kid. He was, he'd beat his kid if his kid made this big hoax like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, made the hoax. I mm -hmm. thought he was talking about trash in the house. Mm -hmm. Okay, sorry. All right. Well, he'd probably beat him for that, too. Yeah. <laughs> But like <laughs> 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 Fuck that kid. <laughs> Child abuse. <laughs> okay. Anyway, oh, don't touch your kids. Please. please don't. <laughs> now, like I said, interestingly, Jerry would never once admit 
that this was a hoax. And he stood his ground about the paranormal thing the entire time, even having, having to hear all this shit from his coworkers mm-hmm. all the goddamn time. You know, jumping forward all the way to December 10th, 1975, or no, sorry, 1974, the house had remained fairly quiet, but on this particular day, Laura came storming outside of the house, completely hysterical, and ran right up to Officer, I'm going to say it's Simmons, but it looks like Siemens, who was stationed outside. <laughs> he followed her inside, and much like the other officers who had witnessed their own paranormal activity in the past, he did as well. Heavy objects such as the TV and the recliners were moving by themselves, noises, even when he was playing a game of checkers with Marcia, apparently some of the pieces had moved on their own. Hmm. And she, she, they moved on their own, and then Marcia claimed he was cheating. The cop. Oh. The cop was cheating, <laughs> which maybe he was. I hey, don't know. Yeah. Presumably, Officer Simmons, wanting to avoid the chaos that had transpired several weeks prior, he just recommended that perhaps Laura and Marcia leave the house, just go stay with your sister. Sure. Now, this pattern would keep up with the Goodens, where several nights a week they would go and stay with Laura's sister Lillian just to avoid any of the poltergeist's antics. This, this right now doesn't sound like the the, the trying patterns to get money. of yeah, like yeah. the patterns of a liar if they're actually like leaving their house right. to right. avoid it. No, they they're still going through it, but it's not as bad as it was. Right. Eventually, Father Doyle, a local minister, recommended that they continue to take their weekend trips to New York, continue to attend Mass, obviously, yeah, keep positivity within the home, and eventually would hook them up with a local paranormal investigator whose research was uh, is the information for the book that I've created this episode from. Awesome. The paranormal investigator's name was Boyce Beatty, who is the chairman of... Spiritual Frontiers Fellowship. Oh, wow. wow. That sounds like a mixture between Lord of the Rings and like Ghost Hunters <laughs> here. I don't Star know. Trek a little bit. I was yeah. thinking Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> now he claimed he and his team differs from, say, the Warrens because their investigation was much more of a scientific research project with a healthy amount of skepticism. Like a modern ghost hunter. Except right. for yeah. the opposite. Like a, a, the opposite with the Warrens, where right. it's yes. immediately They're just wanting to mm-hmm. believe that it's demons. I didn't include it in here, but it seemed like they were connected to Duke University. Okay. So, like, Duke University had a program where they were studying this stuff, and they were kind of using their techniques to study all of it. That's, if I remember correctly. Don't play lacrosse so. there, apparently, though. <laughs> Why? It wasn't oh. that the thing, the Duke lacrosse team? There was some yeah. hazing. Lots, yeah. I, I don't died. trust lacrosse. They died? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Anyway. So, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, dead hazing people. Dead lacrosse players. <laughs> so basically, over the next three weeks leading into January of 1975, Boyce and his team would conduct interviews with everybody who had their experiences, examine the home, watch Marcia, and have the Goodens keep a journal of everything that transpires in regards to the paranormal. Now, at the very end of their study, Father Doyle and Boyce would sit down with the family and let them know their feelings. Now, from what I can decipher from their interview, while there was no doubt, certainly strange, anomalous paranormal activity occurring within the home, there was a much more pressing matter that needed to be taken care of in regards to the family unit itself. Mm. They recommended that Marcia continue to go to therapy, 
on top of that, Jerry and Laura also go to mm, therapy. Mm-hmm. Now, this was not because they were crazy or had made up what had happened to them, but because both, it appeared, Jerry and Laura had endured such tragic events in their life, especially the loss of their son, they had never fully overcame it and never fully healed from it. Now, because of the emotional scarring from the death of their son, they were overly protective of Marcia, Mm -hmm. not allowing her to walk to school alone, not allowing her to have friends. Hell, even at the moment, she wasn't even attending school. And because Laura was living in such a fear of Marcia dying, Marcia began to live in isolation, which became, which caused her to become very sad and very depressed. They needed to allow her to grow and have friends, and perhaps believed if they could fill their home with happiness, it could suppress any of the paranormal activity. <laughs> this so, is great. These are some forward-thinking, good, uh, good investigators. I... I cut through a lot of the fat there, but we'll just say the Goodens didn't take too kindly to the words they were telling them. Like, oh, but they needed uh, to hear it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because they were just they, kind of embarrassed. Yeah. And, they uh, thought they were calling them bad parents, mm, but they're saying, no, you have to realize what you're doing and the girl needs to grow. Absolutely. Now, by January 10th, 1975, Marcia was finally back at school. She was happy. And wouldn't you know it? Paranormal activity. All gone. Mm. Crazy. Because of all the notoriety attached to the home, and because of the endless mail and such they were receiving, the Goodens put their home on the market for $31,500. Shit. Does that seem like a lot for seventy five? No. No. I wouldn't think so. No? No. I don't know, but I don't know, 1975. (laughs) Their plan was to basically move away, try to fucking forget everything that happened. Yeah. Over the next year, the Goodens had to deal with hell. Their house was egged, vandals uh, smashed all their windows, the driver's side car mirror was broken off, someone had even slashed their tires. Fuck you. Uh, apparently people would go up and snap off pieces of their siding for souvenirs. Too. Ah, that oh. sounds right. Yeah. yeah. All those fuckers. Some of Jerry and Laura's friends completely quit talking to them or would just call them liars. Mm-hmm. Eventually, one year after listing their home for sale, they realized they were not going to be able to sell it. Uh-oh. Jerry and Laura would end up living in that home for the rest of their oh, lives. How sad. On June 11th, 1993, at the age of 68, Laura Gooden uh, would die in a fatal car crash. Ooh. Four years later, on September 24th, 1997, Jerry Gooden, at the age of 78, died from natural causes. Mm. Now, it appears figuring out what happened to Marcia proves to be much, much more difficult. Boyce Beatty would receive a Christmas card on December 9th, 1980 that read, Dear Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Beatty, hope you are having a nice holiday. Well, when our daughter reaches 18, she informed us she's going to find her own parents in Canada. We are very upset about it. She told us we're not good enough for her. Well, there isn't anything we could do, but pray she changes her mind. Pray for us, the Gooden family. So... You can tell why Marcia is kind of hard to track oh, down. Right. Yeah. Now, Marcia certainly did move back to Canada, but due to how records are kept in Canada, it is apparently very hard and very expensive to ha- track someone's movements. So for many, many years, nobody knew what happened to Marcia after she moved back to Canada, at least until March 20th, 2015, oh. when the author of this book received an email detailing the death of Marsha Gooden, age 51, on February 10th, 
2015. <laughs> they had eventually found out that Marcia had moved back to the U.S. about six years prior to her death. She was living with a man much, much, much older than she was. It wasn't anything romantic. They had just met, and the man offered to help her because he claimed she couldn't really do much for herself. Mm. Eventually, they determined she was suffering from MS and was having seizures frequently. Marcia had been taking a large amount of heavy narcotics to deal Mm. with the pain associated with MS, and they believed because of the drugs and MS, it had had caused her death, which they ruled as natural causes. So, uh, poor Marcia, man. She had just a horrible, horrible life, and unfortunately she died at a young age. Oh, jeez. They, we don't, they don't really know why she just got up and decided to leave. But that's what she did. She went and found maybe, her brother in Canada and lived there. Maybe the Goodens decide, maybe the Goodens didn't take uh, the author's advice or whatever and did not allow her to grow on her own. So she was like, fuck this. I, as soon as I turn 18, I am out. Fuck mm. you, bitches. Yeah, mm. and sick of being yeah. known about. Yeah. As the crazy ghost girl. Yeah. Yep. Who, faked, who faked it, too. Because yeah. from what it sounds like, the author of the book really wanted to find out her side of the story, right? Yeah. Obviously, when she's an adult. But it's like she vanished, and then she took the name Marsha Gooden. Yeah. That's why nobody knew who she was. Mm-hmm. That's and crazy. And it was good. It was G-O-D-I-N yeah, instead Godin. of G-O-D-I-N. Yeah, instead yeah. of G-O-O-D-I-N. So they didn't know who it was. So very sad. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, there is the... Lindley Street Poltergeist case. Guys. Nothing solved. Mm-mm. This is an unsolved mystery. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. You kind of just gotta. You're gonna take their word for it. Take all the witnesses' word for it, or you think it was all bullshit. Discredit the Warrens yeah. immediately. Well, of yeah. course, every time. Just, yeah. <laughs> we don't take them too seriously anyway. But oh man, they're goobers. Well, a- I like it, but it was very sad. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Well, okay. Uh, creepy, creepy rural girls. Creep it real, girls. We need your opinions. Cool. About what About what exactly? What do you think is bullshit or do you think there's truth to it a little bit? I think that there might be some truth to it for sure, but I think that in trying to prove that there was something going on, they maybe faked a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot more than mm-hmm. was actually happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of... I always feel like in paranormal stuff myself, there's like a barrier... Where you where normal stuff happens that happens to everybody, and then there's when people take it too far, and you instantly know it's probably bullshit. Yes, okay. yeah, yes. Like knives doing little propellers uh, on the yeah, floor. I, no, no, maybe not. Like the dinner scene from Beauty and the Beast going on. <laughs> yeah. in the background. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Though, who knows? There's been a show that I've been watching. Oh. Uh, I actually saw it for the first time over here. Okay. Paranormal caught on tape or oh, something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of bullshit on that show. I mean, I would suggest anybody watch it and see how you feel. It's got Ben Kissel on it. That cutie has a little cherub cheeks the whole time. Um, <laughs> so, California Ben Kissel. Mm-hmm. He's got that alcoholic red cheeks on yes. him. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so some of them are just crap I don't for know crap. sure that's any you have to sift through a lot yeah. of bullshit in order to find something that's actually compelling enough to say all right this is this is this is something but yeah sometimes you know one out of every five maybe it's there's good. something mm-hmm. that's like wow and so there have been a few where there's videos of thing kitchen items and whatnot moving on their own mm-hmm. i will say so who knows? It's but possible. Doing Knives. pinwheels on the floor. Who knows, man? All knows? right, all right. A, a lot of the poltergeist videos I've seen, especially like what she's talking about, it's always like they're recording and then shit is just like 
thrown being thrown all over the yeah. room randomly hmm. like there'll be an apple fl- like flying across the room <laughs> yeah. or like a plate flying here or mm-hmm. the cupboard door is opening and shutting it's just floating like, soap bottle yeah it's just like ra- it's so random i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know poltergeist are weird we don't wall know xd random <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, great job yeah thank you i hope everybody enjoyed that Get they did creep for real did you enjoy it Yes, yes, I did. Well, audience, if you enjoyed it, you can tell me about it at bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. What's that, Adam? Bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. As always, follow us on Twitter at bumblebuttpod, Facebook and Instagram at bumblebuttpodcast. Now it's time for the most important part of the show. Ladies, you have Cody, the iTunes reviews. Uh, yeah, we got two more five-star You're reviews. You're kidding me. I'm not kidding you. Any written? Yeah, Adam, we actually have one new written review. One it, written, one unwritten. It, it Let's is hear from it. the kind ladies in the room right with us right now. <laughs> oh, from, from Creep It Real Podcast? W- well, maybe. Who is Creep It Real Pod? Do you guys know them? We're, We're familiar. familiar. <laughs> They've heard of them. <laughs> the most endearing them. men to ever discuss murder. I don't know why you're saying it like it's a murder mystery. Read it like because that. Because it would. is. Read it like I would. like we would have written it. I like it the way I read it. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Here. I'm afraid to hear what is. <laughs> Let's hear your interpretation. Of you two? Go ahead. <laughs> Absolutely love these boys. From Jordan's quip to Adam's wit and Cody's imaginative stories in the middle of episodes, this podcast is a must listen. They never fail to put something out on Sundays, and keeping up with them on Wednesdays makes our weeks mu- so much better. Their, <laughs> their research is great. Their storytelling Ooh, is right. on point, and uh. they keep you enraptured the entire time. Thank you so much, ladies. You're very welcome. Thank you, Creep for Real Pod. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. Wonderful. I feel like that we're the giving tree. Yeah. 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 The tree yeah. that keeps on giving. Yeah. All right. Also, we have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash podcast. Subscribe at any level. Uh, you can have those those uh, Bigfoot ones, and we have another one in the pipeline coming we out. Do, we do, absolutely. Very soon. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> and they so got amazing. our July prints on the way, so. July prints. Oh, did you? You yes, made them? Yes, yes, I did it. I think I'm going to, I decided I am going to do little individual <laughs> episode prints okay for each of our episodes. Got you. So, so you're going to, I really love cool. it. I like that idea. Yeah, start That's off great. with episode one. I think you'll like it. <laughs> that's glory. I love you, Cotton. He's so good. <laughs> All right, that's amazing, Cody. Good job. So sign up at the fifteen dollar level if you want to get in on those amazing prints. Awesome. That's all the business out of the way. So yes. we're gonna throw it to the exit here. Uh, it's gonna do it for all of us here at Bumblebot Podcast and also the Creeper Real Podcast. Thank you very much to Ashley and Bianca. Thank you so much for joining us for this two part endeavor. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. That's so good. Thank you, Cody. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you, Adam. I've been Adam. Thank (laughs) Thank you, you, Adam. Have a very nice weekend, unless it's Tuesday. Hi, Oliver. (laughs) Hello, Ollie. (laughs) She just says hi, Oliver, every time.